Welcome to this week's episode of Long Story Short, the Global Dev News Show. I'm Kate Midden. Earlier this year, U.S. President Donald Trump alluded to a foreign aid review expected to set the tone for another round of harsh White House budget proposals in the coming months. Since the announcement, little has been revealed about the process and what few signals the administration has sent have been mixed. Today I'm joined by our DC-based senior reporter, Michael Igo, who's been following this, this story closely in the past couple of years. Michael, thank you so much for joining me. It's my pleasure to be here. So I want to start with a bit of context. What is the point of the foreign aid review and where does this fit within the broader context of the current U.S. administration's philosophy on aid? Great question. So, I, I mean, I think Broadly, the idea of a foreign aid review um, is, is nothing out of the ordinary. Um, in fact, we've published a few op-eds on, on DevEx that have um, openly celebrated you know, the idea of doing a foreign aid review. Um, this is a process that can help a, an administration uh, lay out its strategic priorities for the use of foreign aid, how foreign aid uh, integrates into a broader approach to soft power and smart power and uh, relates to things like diplomacy and defense. Um, so, you know, I, I think there's a, a very um, normal starting point here, which is that an administration is taking a look at the U.S., at the foreign assistance tools that it has and, and how it can put them to use. Um, so that's the very broad context. The, the sort of more specific context is that um, the political dynamics within the Trump administration um, and specifically within the foreign policy apparatus of the Trump administration have shifted pretty significantly in the last year or so. Uh, we now have John Bolton as the, the national security advisor and a number of people under him who share sort of similar views, which are generally skeptical of things like multilateral cooperation um, and take a, a, a view of America's role in the world that's a bit more um, a bit more similar to, to President Trump's America first agenda questioning things like you know what do we get for this foreign aid foreign assistance that we're spending you know what does America get in return for that uh, why is this in our interests and how um, so there's sort of a there's a, a team of, of foreign policy people um, who are driving the agenda in in a direction uh, that that sounds more like that than it did uh, a year or so ago. And um, so this review is happening under under their purview. And you know there is something, as you say, a foreign aid review is generally not something out of the ordinary. But there does feel like there's something particularly ominous about a foreign aid review happening in this environment. And it feels like some of that could be tied to what you're mentioning about looking at aid as something that you give in return for something else. Um, this is a concern that I think we've heard from different development organizations, this kind of philosophy that, um, you know, that foreign aid is something that you give for something in return or something that you give to friends. Can you kind of get into what those concerns are and what you've heard in your conversations with um, with people working in development organizations. Yeah, sure. I think you're. I think you're correctly characterizing the concerns that are out there. And I guess, um, as I hear them expressed, they sort of fall into two 
categories. So if the if the criticism is of this philosophy that um, you know foreign aid is something that we should use to get what we want from the countries that we give it to, um, there's sort of two criticisms that you hear of that of that um, outlook. The first is that it's sort of based on a false premise um, that that participation in global development um, isn't already in America's interest. Um, so you know, while there may not be a, a clear transactional um, exchange that takes place when the United States spends money on HIV programs um, in Nigeria, for example, uh, there's still sort of a broader way in which the United States and other countries <laughs> benefit from from the existence of those programs. That's sort of the the criticism of this transactional view, um, that it's a bit too narrow uh, a perspective on the way that the world and an increasingly interconnected world actually works. So that's sort of one line of criticism. And then I think the other is that um, there's a generally broad agreement that going about development in that kind of transactional way, using foreign assistance as a, a sort of uh, carrot or stick um, in, in which, depending on which case you're in, um, just doesn't lead to good development outcomes. It's, it's sort of instrumental and it, um, you know, it puts people and, and communities at the service of a, a shorter term foreign policy agenda in a way that just doesn't lead to um, good, effective, responsible development programming. Um, so those are kind of the two concerns, I think, that are out there about uh, establishing foreign assistance as something that we give with the explicit attention, intention of, of getting something in return in this more narrow uh, sense. Yeah, I think this is a particularly interesting conversation. It's because you're what we're talking about is, you know, more long-term development programming, but then this does kind of hold over into the humanitarian sphere as well, where it also has kind of complicating implications when you're talking about humanitarian assistance that's supposed to be given, you know, impartially, um, you know, in, in, like, in an unbiased and impartial way. Right, right. I mean, it would seem um, tr uh, troubling and certainly would be troubling to a lot of humanitarian organizations uh, if decisions about where to spend, where to, to give humanitarian aid were based on some sort of um, you know, framework of, of UN voting records uh, that countries uh, have established. So yeah, that kind of decision-making process I think raises a lot of eyebrows. And to be clear, there's not, there's been no you know, formal uh, proposal to base any kind of humanitarian assistance decisions on on something like UN voting records is just that sort of line of thinking I think that that gets people concerned. Yeah. There's another, let me just raise one on the more on the development side. I think where where some of this stuff really comes to a sharp point um, has been recently on on issues of uh, migration and and asylum um, uh, from Central America. You know as President Trump has expressed his concern and um, frustration with governments in, in Central America, claiming, you know, without evidence that somehow the governments themselves are sending people to America or allowing them to, to be sent to America. 
um, he's threatened to cut off assistance to those countries. Um, a lot of development professionals have pointed out, and lawmakers and um, many others have pointed out that the assistance that he's threatening to cut off, um, one of its basic intentions is to address the root causes of migration in the first place. So I think that speaks to this sort of contradiction between um, you know, using assistance, using the, the threat of withholding assistance or the, the incentive of giving assistance as a, a sort of short-term incentive um, as uh, when it when it's sort of more oriented towards these longer term term goals that um, you know take take uh, more time to to develop and to to achieve their results. It is a particularly interesting time for this foreign aid review to be happening while there is both the both this you know crisis this humanitarian crisis unfolding and also kind of a crisis of policy that the country is sort of reckoning reckoning with. Um, for instance, with the migration migration situation at the border. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's um, you know there are a lot of a lot of open questions about America's role in the world, and you know you, you asked earlier sort of about the broader context that this foreign aid review is is taking place underneath. Um, I mean, I think it's important to keep in mind that part of that context is an administration that has strived for to consecutive budget cycles to slash foreign assistance by, um, you know, double-digit percentages by close to a third in some cases. So, um, you know, when the development community hears that an administration that has just uh, proposed budgets like that is going to come out with some sort of new principles for looking at how it spends foreign aid, I think there's just sort of a, an inherent... Um, level of concern or alarm about what that's going to produce. Sure. So bringing this back to really the mechanics of this foreign aid review, you know, as you just said, we've known since the outset of this administration um, coming into control that they've been trying to make really drastic budget cuts to foreign aid. Another reason that this particular review feels a little bit ominous um, for those in the development community. What, when was the first time that you heard about this review? taking place and what have you heard about how it's actually unfolding internally well i can't actually answer the first question kate <laughs> that would be a breach of trust uh with some of my sources um but so timing wise i i guess i heard about it um in early september somewhere around there early to mid-September. And the reason that that timing is significant is because it it, uh, it followed pretty closely on this whole rescission episode that the US development community went through when the Office of Management and Budget um, tried to engineer this way of basically pulling funding that had already been obligated for uh, foreign assistance. Um, so, you know, the sort of rumors of the the foreign aid review came on the heels of that, um, and I think were therefore kind of uh, painted with the same kind of concerns that that rescission episode raised. Um, and then, you know, the first, I think, I think the first public disclosure really took place uh, in the president's speech at the UN General Assembly, um, and he he spoke about this in pretty broad terms. He reiterated that concern that America 
doesn't get anything in return for the money that it's spending in developing countries. Uh, and then he said that, he said sort of curiously that Secretary Pompeo would be leading an effort uh, to review U.S. foreign aid. Um, and uh, I say that it's curious because all the indications before that were that this was a a process being led out of the National Security Council. Yeah, that was a particularly interesting week because if I do recall when we were in New York for the UN General Assembly, we were hearing that people within the administration were also surprised that Secretary Pompeo was going to be leading the effort. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll get to this, um, but the reporting that, that we've done subsequently um, suggests that that may ne never have happened. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's not. It's been a bit of a, a cloudy, murky picture in terms of of where leadership of this process has resided. But my impression at this point, based on sources uh, fairly close to the process, um, is that it's remained with the NSA, NSC, um, and in particular with someone named Kevin Harrington, um, who's a, an NSC official. What does it mean that, or what can we sort of intuit, if anything, from Trump saying that the Secretary of State is leading a foreign assistance review and not, you know, the head of USAID, um, or not naming the head of the NSC as being the person to lead it? And then what, is there anything to be um, extrapolated upon from the fact that it sounds like at this point the NSC is spearheading this effort? So it's a really good question. I think um, I wouldn't want to hazard a guess about why the president um, uh, suggested that it would be Pompeo leading the effort from the State Department. I think there was the Washington Post had a story um, roughly around the time of, uh, of the president's speech at UNGA um, that alluded to just sort of some general challenges within the interagency process and some um, pushback from the different agency leads about the, the foreign aid review process, um, which was being led by this NSC official. Um, and so I, you know, it's possible to imagine that the president was trying to give this whole process an extra push by, um, you know, attaching the Secretary of State's name to it. Um, but I don't know. And it was it was a strange experience because on the, it was either the day, it was the day of the President's General Assembly speech, I think, or the day after, I can't remember exactly, I interviewed Mark Green um, and, you know, asked him a handful of questions about the foreign aid review and his his views about it, and one of the questions that I asked was, you know, how do you feel about Secretary Pompeo leading this this effort? We'd heard that it was out of the NSC, but the president suggested that it would be Pompeo now, and he, you know, he said something along the lines of, "I'm very comfortable with with Secretary Pompeo leading the effort," um, but then it seems like he never did. So, uh, you know, it, it was a it's a really difficult thing to to untangle, um, just the sort of personnel issues, and then getting beyond that and trying to get into a guessing game about how that relates to sort of the interagency politics um, and the, the different power struggles that always exist there. Um, that's, uh, that's a whole different thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it is an interesting question, though, because you see sort of different emerging themes that are perhaps 
correct me if this is not the right characterization, but something that we've been talking a lot about, that we've been hearing a lot about in our um, in our industry right now, is this idea of the U.S. tying its foreign aid to its national security priorities and looking at aid more and more through the lens of securitization. And it feels like having this effort be led by someone within the NSC feels like it kind of dovetails with that emerging trend. I think, I think some of, I think a few of the points that you make there are right, but I wouldn't read into the NSC's leadership um, too much out of the ordinary. And the reason I say that is that the, you know, the NSC part one of its main functions is to provide this sort of interagency coordination. Um, and so when you've got a foreign aid review that's looking across agencies from, you know, USAID to state to MCC to, you know, Department of Defense, um, it would make sense to have the sort of centrally placed NSC be the one that's coordinating that. Um, but I think what's interesting is to, to ask, um, well, first of all, you know, then why did Secretary Pompeo's name come up? Maybe that was just sort of a... Um, a momentary um, uh, confusion, um, but then also, you know, how does this play into the very uh, clearly stated politics of the various people involved? And you know, I can't imagine that it's any surprise that that um, the National Security Advisor Bolton would be um, leading an effort that is going to reimagine foreign aid when he's someone who has such. Uh, you know, pointed views about about some of these issues. So um, there's there's sort of a combination of this is normal to a degree, um, but also like the people involved really matter. Sure. And so where are we? What we're talking about when you know Trump first when he made the speech when he mentioned um, Pompeo as being the leader of it that was back in September. And so where are we now? Like what are you hearing about the mechanics of the um, of the foreign aid review, what is it covering? Um, you know, where are they in the process? Do we have a timeline? What what does that look like? Yeah, sure. So it's important to note at the outset uh, that this is a classified process. Um, <laughs> so the amount of public discussion has been very, very limited. Um, and that is to the extent that I got in contact with um, uh, Senator Patrick Leahy's office, who's the chair of the subcommittee on appropriations that allocates uh, U.S. foreign assistance budgets, um, and they said that they had heard nothing about it, um, not a scintilla of information about it, I think was the word that a spokesperson used. Um, so the administration is keeping this very close to the chest. Uh, and it's incredibly difficult to get any kind of official comment on the process because nobody's allowed to speak about it. Uh, so that's sort of the first point. Are there, I mean, are there indications that that's, they were not hearing anything about it because they're trying to keep it extremely secret? Or is there a chance that there's just not a lot of movement? I, you know, I, I wouldn't want to want to guess. Um, I think, you know, I've heard from from some sources that there's been some disagreement about the contents of this review. 
um, some pushback. So just to, to get to your question about sort of the content of it, uh, our understanding is that it will be kind of oriented around 10 or so guiding principles. Um, and the principles that we've heard about are things like um, shifting assistance away from grants and towards loans wherever possible. So sort of a general shift away from grant-based um, foreign assistance. Um, some rethinking about America's contributions to multilateral institutions, which you know is not terribly surprising given the, the politics involved. Um, there was a, a suggestion that there was some skepticism about the link between foreign aid and um, countering violent extremism. Um, and then sort of this issue of, of um, how the United States might uh, alter its, its foreign assistance um, along a, a system of sort of giving it to friends and withholding it from not friends, however you want to, want to define those two categories. Um, so, you know, there's sort of the, that's sort of the, and those are only four principles, and apparently there are several more, um, which we've been unable to, uh, to confirm. Um, and those are not really confirmed either because the whole thing is a work in progress. But anyway, apparently there's been some kind of pushback on, on whatever was proposed and um, a bit of trouble getting broad interagency buy-in into this process. So, you know, it's possible, possible that that's been a factor in, in not uh, opening it up to public debate. Um, but again, you know, with a classified process like this, I wouldn't want to sort of guess about why they're making decisions to share things or not share things. Um, Do yeah. you have a sense of what, well, number one, what the timeline looks like? But I'm also curious if you, if you've heard anything about how involved USAID has been in this review process. Yeah, so on the timeline, um, what I had understood was that um, the foreign aid review uh, one of its sort of goals is to inform the next budget process. And so that would suggest that um, that it should be completed in time for, uh, for agencies to, um, to get their past, they're called passbacks from OMB, which is basically when um, OMB, the Office of Management and Budget, of allocates the available funding to the agencies, and then there's sort of a, a you know conversation back and forth between the agencies and OMB um, about you know how they're going to spend it. So that process is supposed to is you know expected to start um, kind of right around now, and so the expectation was that the foreign aid review um, would be out sometime around now. But I don't even know what being out actually means in this context, since it's a classified review and there's been very little discussion of kind of what type of rollout would take place. Um, but anyway, it's sort of imminent, you know, we're expecting it soon. And then the, you know, the president's budget request usually comes in the first few months of the year. Um, so that's when we would sort of see real numbers attached to these priorities. Are there any re reactions that you've been hearing from within the government or development experts that have surprised you about this foreign aid review, or what is the sense that you are getting from how people are feeling about it? Well, I think one thing that's really interesting is that um, 
I mean, in a sense, this isn't the only foreign aid review that's happening right now. If you kind of look around what the Trump administration is doing, uh, the USAID administrator, Mark Green, is in a you know, pretty substantive way also reviewing uh, our the, the country's bilateral aid agency and, and sort of reconfiguring it. Um, and he's doing so in a way that many people would describe as like based in a, a, a set of principles. And his principle is that the point of foreign assistance should be to end its need to exist. Um, so I think, you know, there's sort of this interesting situation where you have two parallel efforts underway, one of them led by Mark Green, um, which is getting into reorganizing offices inside of USAID and, and thinking about how the agency is partnering with, with countries around the world and um, how it's structuring its country development cooperation strategies and things like that. And then you have this other review that's setting out another set of principles that's led by the NSC. Um, so, you know, I think there's a lot of uh, curiosity about how those two processes are eventually going to uh, merge or, or um, converge, uh, whether they'll be able to. Based on some of the reporting I've done, what sources have told me is that um, the people working on the, the foreign aid review feel that what's happening at USAID isn't, uh, a word I've heard is disruptive enough, that it's sort of too incremental, that they want to see something more drastic. So, you know, you've got kind of different reform efforts or different um, reconsiderations happening within the same administration uh, and an unclear, at least from the outside, roadmap uh, as to how those two things are, are eventually going to meet. An interesting time to be keeping an eye on, on all of this, to be sure. Michael, thank you so much for joining me. It's been my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. And you can stay on top of all of Michael's reporting by, of course, visiting our website at devx.com. Do follow us on Twitter at devx. You can also follow Michael at Alter Igo. And keep an eye out for ongoing reporting on the foreign aid review and other shifts inside our development institutions. Thank you, and we'll be back next week.